The Fred Minnick Show is brought to you by Beeline. Visit findyoursiffingpoint.com, by Michter's American Whiskies, and by 291 Colorado Whiskey. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Fred Minnick Show. I'm Fred. We've got a good episode for you. we got a couple of lovebirds on. I uh, can't wait for you to hear that interview. But first, a word from our sponsors. Imagine this, an experience centered around five Kentucky Bourbon Trail craft tour distilleries in northern Kentucky, the gateway to Kentucky bourbon. Add five amazing bourbon-centric bars and five delicious bourbon-focused restaurants, cultivating the freshest takes and culinary delights, and you are on the beeline. Start your trip today at findyoursippingpoint.com. At Michter's Distillery, our passion is making the finest bourbon, rye, and American whiskey possible. When you only produce very small batch and single barrel whiskey as we do, each and every barrel has to be perfect. No detail is too small for our production team. From careful attention to the 18-month or more air-dried wood used in the construction of our barrels, to entering our distillate into the barrel at the costlier or lower barrel entry proof of 103 so that it's smoother, to heat cycling our barrel houses, to our signature filtration protocol, we spare no expense in pursuing our goal of making the greatest American whiskey. And no Michter's gets bottled until our master distiller Dan McKee and our master of maturation Andrea Wilson say it's just right. Michter's Fort Nelson Distillery in downtown Louisville, Kentucky is open for tours and tastings. Book your visit on our website and stop by the bar at Fort Nelson for a world-class cocktail. For more information, follow us on social media at Michter's Whiskey, go to michters.com, or visit your favorite bartender. Michter's Distillery. It's all about the whiskey. 291 Colorado Whiskey aims to create a one-of-a-kind, bold, and beautiful Colorado whiskey. Rugged, refined, rebellious. Distillery 291 is an award-winning small-batch whiskey distillery located in Colorado Springs, Colorado, nestled in the shadow of Pikes Peak. Owner and founding distiller Michael Myers grew up on family farms in Georgia and Tennessee, across a countryside defined by rolling hills, horses, and whiskey. He set out to create a flagship whiskey that evoked the Wild West. A cowboy walking into a bar saying, give me a whiskey, and the bartender slamming down a bottle, a bottle of 291 Colorado whiskey. Find a bottle near you at 291coloradowhiskey.com Ride it like you stole it, drink it like you own it, live fast, drink responsibly. Now, you may recall when I interviewed Trent Harmon uh, a few episodes back. Well, it's probably, I think it's like 20 episodes back now. Good Lord, we've been, we've been going at this for a bit now. I love it. Uh, he mentioned this guy named Nick Wayne, a just real talented you know, singer-songwriter in country music. Well, Nick recently got engaged to another country singer, Hannah Ellis, who is actually from Kentucky. I entered both of them at the Hometown Rising Country Music Festival last year, and I thought, you know, since they recently got engaged, I thought it quite appropriate to combine their their two episodes into one. So you're going to hear Hannah Ellis first, and then you'll hear the interview with Nick Wayne. They're very they're separate, but I encourage you to go listen to all of their music and go check them out on social media. They actually remind me of like, you know, your 
some of your more famous like country music uh, couples, you know, that you would see like in the TV series Nashville. Um, they just have like this very kind of, you know, Hollywood, you know, stature, you know, and they're just really cool, down to earth, great people. So they're nothing like, you know, Hollywood. <laughs> but enjoy this uh, this interview with uh, Hannah Ellis. You, Hannah, you just got off the stage. I how, did. How was it? Oh, it was incredible. Truly, like the fans today are like top notch, singing all the words. Giving me all of the feels. Well, you're a Kentuckian, so I am. You, know, you brought some people here just for you. Mm-hmm, I did. I have a lot of people um, from my hometown in Campbellsville that came up today. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know someone else from Campbellsville. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, someone who works with works with me, uh, Jessica Atkins. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. so funny. Yeah, we actually went to high school together. Really? Yeah. Wow, guys! She's actually world. she's actually here somewhere. Oh my gosh, I have to find her. That's yeah. incredible. I did not know that. So that I, then I know you're 21. I was about to yeah. ask you if you were 21 because oh what I do is Thank we do you. like we do bourbon stuff. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I thought you were 18. Um, please tell everybody that you yeah. know, except for the <laughs> alcohol people that I am. <laughs> well, I tell you what, I heard I've heard nothing but great things about your music. I unfortunately I could not see you yeah. on the stage. I got pulled away. All good. But what would what what did it feel like to be up there performing in Kentucky? The energy today is just truly through the roof, um, and it was just really special. A to see so many people singing the words back that will never ever get old to me. Yeah. And I don't know. It was one of those days. It just felt like the band was on, and I felt on, and the crowd was good. It, it was it was just one of those those shows, if you will. Nice. So what what I like to do on this show is I like to pair to people's palettes. Love. So and I like to ask questions and uh, get get a bourbon that I think would be, you know, catered toward what you like to yeah. taste. And as you can see, I've got a few there. You do. I love re- that. Ready to rock and roll. I love it. Uh, majority from Kentucky, but we have some other states in there as mm-hmm. well. So tell me, um, what's your favorite food? What do you like to eat? Oh. So I'm actually like a pretty big foodie. So okay. like I've all the food basically, but I have been, I was just in the Northeast and we did a lot, a lot of seafood up there. I love oysters, um, but I love pizza. Pizza is my number one food. I don't know oh, if that's- what, What's is, your favorite part of the pizza? Is it the cheese? Is it the bread? Is it the oh, tomato sauce? You know, let's see. Hmm, probably like pepperonis. I really love the okay. flavor of that. And I love a charcuterie board, so any kind of mm-hmm. prosciutto, pepperoni. So you like savories? Yes, yeah. Okay, I do like so savories. So you're someone who really likes savories. So when we look into like uh, the flavors of what bourbon is, bourbon tends to skew toward sweet. Mm-hmm. And that's because of the new charred oak barrel. It really has a big impact on the flavor. Right. And uh, the caramelization from that barrel Gilds a lot of like caramel, vanillas, a lot of yeah. sugary, sweet notes, and um, the savor on the savory side, they're out there, mm-hmm. but they're like a little bit more, a little bit more on like the cornbread side, maybe like a barbecue, got uh, it, potato chip or something yeah. like that. And um, so now, then I've got you've you know honed in on kind of like your style of food, which you yeah. like. Uh, let's let's figure out what kind of savory. Yeah. You like specifically. So when it comes to potato chips, Oof. what kind of potato chips are you getting? Salty. Just plain Lay's. I could just eat them by the bags. Okay. And do you like bananas? 
I do like bananas, yeah. On a scale of 1 to 10, how much do you like bananas? Um, I like banana-flavored cocktails. <laughs> That's a good answer. I am actually, um, you know, for for those listening, this might come as a shock, but I'm actually going to recommend a Jack Daniels product to you. Really? Based on uh, the saltiness, and, you're, and you do like. Yeah. So the Jack Daniels will be right there uh, in the, there you go. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, nice catch, did you, did, guys. I could have did you hear, very poorly. <laughs> did you hear me say throw it? I, uh, <laughs> I, I was not ready for that. I, was, I liked how quickly he did it, though. I mean, I was about to scratch my nose, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was a little scared. I was like, oh, it's coming. <laughs> I mean, that was... This is beautiful, wow. though. Yeah, so this is a, this is a Jack Daniels uh, barrel pick that I actually did... Um, to raise money for the Kentucky Brain Injury Alliance. Oh, that's awesome. Which, which is uh, which is a, a nonprofit that I support. Oh, that's awesome. But Jack Daniels is actually a bourbon, but they choose to call themselves Tennessee whiskey. If they wanted to call themselves bourbon, they could. Really? Yeah. That's really interesting. I didn't realize that. Well, you know, it's most of everything in this world is marketing, mm-hmm, and most marketing is bullshit. <laughs> and so... You know, they're they're. Um, it's easier to separate themselves in the market by calling themselves a Tennessee whiskey. Oh, I love that. There's a lot. There's a lot. I mean, we can go down the geek path all day long on that. But mm-hmm. uh, what it comes down to is like, does it taste good? Do you right, like it? Right. And let's see if it has those notes in there that we were talking about. Now, when you when you first, you kind of want to familiar familiarize yourself with the whiskey, right? You swirl mm-hmm. it around a little bit, kind of look at it. And smell it. It is. I mean, maybe it's because we just said it, but it really does have like a hint of that banana on the nose. Yeah. It, it, last time I checked, I don't have the ability to plant thoughts. <laughs> right, right. So, I know. I mean, if I have that skill, then I need to move on from uh, being but it a is. bourbon I mean, taster. it really does. That's really funny. You pick up anything else in the nose? Definitely a spice of some sort. Now, when you, you're smelling with your mouth open, so you've been trained in the art of tasting bourbon. Mm-hmm. Good for you. Okay, so some spice. So let's go to the taste. Oh, that's so fun. Oh, yeah. So definitely the banana, it literally tastes like a dessert. Yeah. That's incredible. But it's still got, like, something on the back. Yeah, so this has a nice spice flavor profile, mm-hmm. like, toward the back. And... Um, I've always got a little saltiness in here, like from yeah. a, like a potato chip, yeah. which is why I why I picked this one for you. So it reminds me of a banana Foster. Have you had that? Oh, I do love me some bananas Foster. A really great yeah. dessert. Like literally, I want to have this and that and. So I, I <laughs> bananas Fosters go straight to my hips. <laughs> you get once a year though, right? Like yeah, you can I, you can sneak it in there. Uh, but if I thing is, I'll you know because they usually make it in those big like silver mm-hmm. trays, and like I'll like eat the whole damn tray. You know, so it can be bad. So I like to ask people in this part of the show. I like to ask people a little bit about their drinking past. Uh oh. Now you you go with this how you want wherever you want to go. Okay. What was your first drink? Probably a margarita. That was like uh, because when I because actually I know nobody believes this, but it's true. I didn't really drink till I was twenty one. I'd like. You know, wow, a um, case study of responsibility. Yeah, here. I'm like a weird rule follower girl. But uh, the first one I had was probably a margarita because that's what my dad would have on vacations. And I was like, yeah. that looks like a lot of fun. 
and it was. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I love. I still love a good margarita, not too sugary, but yeah. And that, so that tells me that if you still like it, that means you didn't overindulge. And no, not on that one. Yeah. <laughs> that came later. <laughs> All right. All yeah. Right. What was what got you that came later? Um. Oh man. So that's what's funny is I went to school at the University of Kentucky, and uh, that's where you drink bourbon. You, mm -hmm. It's like part of the criteria of attending school there. So I actually uh, had a breakup with bourbon after a few years in school and we had to have a little hiatus because <laughs> okay. it got me uh, a, a bottle of wild turkey did me in one time and that was it that was probably a year before i touched anything in wow. the brown liquor department again I was so like, wild oh, turkey took you down for a bit yeah even to this day i'm like oh <laughs> so i'm just going out on a limb here and saying wild turkey will not be sponsoring you for probably shows. not probably not they're gonna be like oh not that girl <laughs> or maybe or maybe they will now like, oh, oh we're gonna show we're you gonna how show to, you show you how to taste it right right exactly <laughs> non-college girl <laughs> so what where um what do you drink when you're on the road um i do tend to go with tequila or i mean guys i'm like a white girl in her 20s so white claws right oh good god <laughs> i mean seriously i almost want i i mean you almost want to take it away from me i, don't you? I almost I want to be like why <laughs> they're just like it's like a alcoholic lacroix and i'm a lacroix girl you know you know it's one of those things like those of us in the business who kind of track trends and everything right. no one saw this coming i said that yesterday i was like they've been out for years like i don't know I don't care. I'm glad that it's here, but no, it's very, very true. It's the best thing that I have read is that White Claw is a is a gender neutral marketing package. I, you know what? Maybe that is the case because I do see a lot of men drinking them. Whereas when the when the whole like what is it spiked seltzer yeah. kind of happened. Everybody kind of was like, mm. and then all of a sudden everybody's drinking them. It's you know, and, equal and, opportunity. You know, and I think whiskey has that problem. Mm -hmm. You know, like um, I wrote a book called uh, Whiskey Women. Oh, cool! And it was basically tracing the history of women and whiskey, and there That's was awesome. um, there was a lot of denial in the business of how much women actually influenced mm -hmm. the, the category, and um, it was fascinating to me, like how little brands knew. And then how little they actually marketed to women. Right. And when they did market it to women, they did it all wrong. Yeah. You know, so it's like, it's complicated. Mm -hmm. Marketers still feel like they have to market to you as a woman. Right. Yeah. You know. Well, I appreciate that, their putting extra work in. Do, do you do you think, um, we'll, we'll take some big global issues here. Yeah. But from, from a marketing perspective, do you ever get the feel that, you know, like the market is oversaturated with trying to target, you know, the millennial, millennial women. Are we just talking bourbon? Or just we talking, talking, talking shoes, anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just, I'm very curious to, to know your thoughts on this. I don't know. I, I'm not really sure because I think it just depends on what you're passionate about and what you're looking for. I mean, honestly though, I'm like, I went to school for marketing, so I feel like I kind of see it a little differently. Mm -hmm. And like I see everybody's game versus I don't necessarily see it gender. Mm. And I'm not like, I just see it as like, but I, as you mentioned it, I do start to think if I said, okay, what's my favorite bourbon? 
probably makers 46. Okay. But then when I think about that bottle, even just the bottle alone gives me like a feminine vibe. Was that intentional? I don't know. But like it does kind of just in my brain while you were kind of talking about marketing to females. But as far as do I feel like it's something I've noticed more of to where it's all geared towards younger mm-hmm. females? I don't know. I don't really know that I have picked up on that. By the way, uh, Maker's Mark's bottle and design uh-huh. was developed by a woman. Marjorie Samuels yes. in the 1950s. Which I love. So, yeah. And she, what, what did she do? The stamp, right? Was Or was it She just did the, the red dripping wax yeah. and uh, the name and love. the hand-torn label. Um, you know, I, I, think, I think too is like, I'm finding it very difficult to find out what's real and what's marketing. Mm-hmm. You know, the the line has blurred so much mm-hmm. in things like um, social media. Oh yeah, especially because of and I love what they do and would honestly kind of be considered one with my job, but like influencers, because it's hard to separate. Well, I like this person and I believe their opinion but they're also getting paid to have this opinion. So mm-hmm. is that truly a product they are using at night when they, are they really using that face wash before mm-hmm. they go to bed or is it truly just a brand partnership that makes sense with their brand? So I mean, I'm been, totally with you on I've that. actually been looking for a face wash. <laughs> you know, I love in, it. any recommendations? Oh man, I feel like I've tried so many. I mean, honestly though, there's uh, one I've been using lately. It's called Clarity, and there's no added anything. So it doesn't really have a scent or anything. Yeah, that's but, good stuff. That's good. And that's usually a pretty good sign to me because they're like, sorry, we're not going to dress this up at all. This mm-hmm. is the product. Now, are, and they, it's are been you really a paid nice. spokesperson for you Clarity? You know, I'm not. I'm not. They like kind of, because uh, being an artist, a lot of times people will gift you mm-hmm. things. And it was a gift, but it wasn't, there was no strings attached to it. Okay. And so it was something that I've just been using a lot lately. Mm. Because I, like I said, I've used a lot of different ones. And that one, I feel like I just. So now really I'm like. envisioning you on one of these late night infomercials. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and you're like, uh, you've got the the face creams on right. and all that and you're like I use clarity the really the really fancy face splash that yeah. all the celebrities do <laughs> I'm trying to do that I'm trying to get involved <laughs> the, the whole influencer thing though it it is annoying mm-hmm. it's, it's know, hard because it's like you know people just get something in their hand and they look over here they look over there <laughs> they look up and they're like gosh I love my handbag <laughs> yeah you you're know. not even looking at it <laughs> you know it's it's, it, it's very strange the the world we live in because mm-hmm. we don't we no longer really reward we're we're not rewarding like intelligence yeah in a lot yeah. of ways yeah we're just being told go over here and you're like oh, okay yeah <laughs> and I do feel like your generation can see through it it is starting to swing back I think a little yeah. bit a little bit it really is. But I also think your generation doesn't care. It's like, oh yeah, that's, that's fine. You're an influencer. Cool. Yeah, that Where's is my true. white claw. That is true. <laughs> uh, it's really tough to be a millennial here. Okay. Oh no, I would much rather be a millennial than in my situation. <laughs> oh, you guys, you, um, you know, I uh, I have I, I like just when I when I pick an outfit or something, I make sure that it, it's a millennial approved. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, you, there's a lot of swag happening here. I've already yeah. commented on this <laughs> gorgeous little handkerchief. But what I've found with your generation is, is that you get, you, know, you get typecasted, mm-hmm. you get stereotyped and I have figured out the reason why I'm ready. It is mostly coming from baby boomers. Yeah. 
Gen X is kind of like, you yeah, you're, you're, you're just like we were. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's just different. It's because they don't know how to use their phones and they have to call their grandkids yeah. up to figure out how to yes. use the phone. And the grandkids, like there's never been a time in history where a grandkid has had so much authority over, oh, that's so true. over their parents and their grandparents. Their grandparents. Mm-hmm. And so we've been taught to respect our elders. And you're uh, here you are calling up, you know, your 25-year-old granddaughter or whoever, yeah. and you're asking, like, how do I get back into my Facebook? Uh, my Facebook. <laughs> how do that's I get on. <laughs> and they're like, why, why aren't there typewriters anymore? You kids these days. Uh, and then the minute that one of, a millennial does something, like, damn millennials. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I, I think the, um, the hate towards your generation is just because some 75-year-old man can't get into Facebook. <laughs> right. Or open his phone. So You're not wrong. Yeah. I don't disagree with you. That's my thought on that. I love it. Well, you know, I don't have a whole lot of time with you, yeah. but I got to tell you, this, this has been a lot of fun for me. Yeah. Uh, I've asked you a lot of questions about your products. Is there, is there um, is anything you need to ask me about bourbon to, you know, to help you oh in, your, in your quest to, to learn more and not have any more of those wild turkey nights? Oh, gosh. Um, let's see. I really like the flavor of this, but mm-hmm. I feel like the spice on the end is almost a little more than I'm... I bet a drop of water would probably help you. I, I actually was thinking like an ice or a water. Like, I bet oh. that would be like... Now he doesn't have completely. anything to throw at Now me. he can't throw anything. All right, let's see. Yep. Because it's, it's that taste of this. I'm still not over the banana thing that's happening. There you go. It's that totally that, blowing my mind. That cut it down. Let's see. I'll do it too. Also, because I'm such a like... Kentucky girl I'm like Jack Daniels and then it's good (laughs) and I was like dang it (laughs) but Jack Daniels is owned by a Kentucky company okay see okay I feel a little better I'm pretty like uh, all right we added some water here let's Let's get the results drum roll oh yeah it totally evens that out it was just that very like last little note that hits on the back and it kind of Awesome. Yeah, I love that a lot. Well, tell us where we can find your music. What what new do you have coming out? Yeah, so I actually just released a song called Friends Like These like a couple weeks ago. So we're really promoting that right now. And it's on Sirius XM The Highway. Um, it's on Spotify, iTunes, anywhere that you listen to music, Amazon, any of those streaming services. It's out everywhere. And we're working on a lyric video now and a music video that will come later. Oh, cool. And all kinds of really fun stuff. I'm also um, just started making a food vlog. So oh, nice. I'm doing it while I'm while I'm on tour. I was on tour with Gavin DeGraw, and nice. uh, and so like I said, I'm really passionate about food, and so I started vlogging everywhere I would go and eat, and the different foods that were either popular in the cities mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. recommended by the locals, and it's it's been a lot of fun. So I've just started kind of putting that out. So awesome! Mm-hmm. Way to go! Thank you. I'm a busy Chase girl. It. Yeah, <laughs> you got to do it today. I That's mean, right. It's all about delivering content to the content. people. Content. So. I made a joke the other day. I was like, I want to know, because I was like, oh, we got to do content for this, and then we got to do this photo for content. And I was like, I'd just love to know how many times Dolly Parton ever used the word content. Yeah. I was like, probably zero. You know, but if <laughs> she did. A, there's a millennial word right there. But if she did, she would have written a song about it. I'm sure she would have. And somebody would have broken her heart on the yeah. wave of the content. Right. Exactly. <laughs> They'd have been like, Why? Why did I have uh, to do the content? <laughs> and you broke my heart. 
Oh, it's so true. So good. Well, I want to raise a glass to you and your Thank rise. You. You're a rising star Thank you so in much. this in this world of country music, and, and it's so glad to have you on the Fred Minnick show. Thank you so much. And, and you know what? Let's go grab a bite together and do that. Food, yes, do that um, I would love for you to be on the vlog. That'd be so fun. Let's do it. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Now that was that was a lot of fun. You know, she's um, she's very talented, and you know, it's so cool that. She went to high school with, um, you know, Jessica, who's my former assistant. Now she's Jessica's on to bigger and better things. Now she is a uh, a barrel broker of all things. So uh, it's always it's always fun to to get the opportunity to to bring her up and talk about her because I'm so proud of uh, what everything that Jessica's doing. Uh, but Hannah, man, she's gosh, I, I tell you, she's really talented, and you know, she's in that she's in that wave of. Um, you know, female country music artists who are, who are, there's a bunch of them right there in the middle of the pack. And, you know, a lot of people got some money on, on Hannah to, to break out of the pack and, you know, become a, a superstar. So I fully expect that. Now the interview with uh, Nick, he is a bourbon geek. And if you go over and follow him on his Instagram, he's actually become, you know, pretty influential in the bourbon world. So we spent a lot of time talking about bourbon. I hope you enjoy it. Good to see you, sir. Thank you so much for having me, Fred. And I got to tell you, um, you wrote a really popular song about wine. <laughs> and, I'm, yeah. and I'm wondering what we got to do to get you to write about a bourbon song. Well, it's not that hard. Uh, I've got a project called Bourbon Neat uh, right now. So I put some drinking songs uh, on that. But, uh, but drink is one of them that's about whiskey or bourbon. Um, but I'll, I'll write one. I'll write a, a is, specifically is, bourbon. Is bourbon phonetically more difficult to say in a song than wine or tequila or whiskey? Well, you haven't heard it yet, so maybe that's a sign, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. Because you don't hear bourbon. Yeah, you hear whiskey. You hear whiskey. Miss me. The rhyme is there. Yeah. What, what's a good rhyme with bourbon? Bourbon hurting. Bourbon hurting? Okay. It's soft rhyme, B rhyme. Okay, yeah. so you would call that a B rhyme. A B rhyme. It's All not right. an A. It's not a. It's not a, an A rhyme or a uh, hard rhyme. Mm -hmm. That's what we would call it in the business. But yeah, <laughs> I like. I I love that you like refer to it as as the business. You know, we think <laughs> of it like us, us no talented assholes over here <laughs> in the back. We we look at it as like you know just art. You know, you guys are like. Do you guys up. listen to the words though? I do. You think so? Okay. So I can sing it in the shower. Later. Yeah, yeah, I know. You I know. I mean, don't think people listen. I get mixed reviews on the words. I don't know. People, well, are, I know. People like to listen to the vibe of the song first. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that is what makes a hit. Yeah. But how, what is your process for writing a song? The process. Uh, I'm a I'm a thinker by nature. Yeah. Kind of an yeah, overthinker. I get that vibe. From yeah, you. yeah, yeah. I'm an overthinker by nature, but uh, I try and. What I love about music is it's feeling based, and so that's what attracted me to music, is uh, is feeling. So I try and feel it as much as possible, whether it be a quote or whether it be like an idea or a title or yeah, um, whatever I'm saying in the moment. If something gives me chills, that's a good sign, typically, of like okay. a feeling. And then I try and get as much of that feeling out as possible. And if we don't have a full song yet, then I'll start thinking and, and finish the song. So what seems that would be difficult uh, to do, I'm a writer, I write, I've written seven books, but the, what, what I, uh, writing music, writing songs, the lyrics seem like 
that could be easy. Do you do you have to like when you're writing? Do you have a particular word that you like? I have to have a steel guitar here. I need drums here. You know, do you, does the the do the instruments come in your head while you're writing? Probably, yeah. I think so. I mean, I can almost hear it first before I say it or sing it or play it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll hear it first, typically. It, you know. I don't know. There's just this weird place to live in songwriting where you just try and open up a vein and let it flow out of you mm. without even knowing kind of what you're doing. Cause sometimes I'll sing a phrase without even knowing that I was going to sing that phrase, but I sing the melody and the, the lyric at the same time. And a lot of people do that. Mm. Um, so I don't know. It's kind of an, it's like an unanswerable place that I like to live in you yeah. know is that's what fascinates me about music well you know let's we can take a look back to country music in the 1970s and I think they had a quote of the amount of times that they mentioned cheating trucks <laughs> yeah. dogs and some uh, someone they couldn't have or someone they did have and don't have them anymore yeah does country music have a quota now for anything I think tractors maybe yeah, you know, the trucks and the tailgates and stuff right now. But uh, but I don't know. I mean, everybody right now is releasing songs with the word country in them. Mm-hmm. Everybody's trying to prove their country in different ways. And that I think true. that's the wrong way to go about it. I think your country, your country, you know, I mean, it's mm-hmm. just it's a way of life. It's a value uh, of family values and things that are passed down is kind of really what country is, you know, because this argument I watched uh, with Hannah, I watched it that uh, movie crazy heart and that movie was made in 2009 and you know the reporter asked i don't even know when the movie was actually staged but the reporter asked you know with this new version of country what's your thoughts on this i mean it's an age-old argument of what is the new country where is it going and all this kind of stuff and it's just country you know yeah that's fascinating yeah you know rock and roll has got the same issues hip-hop does too you know i think it's just music is just an ever-changing you know product that's what's fun about it is you just it's fun to hear something you can't define it's like asking an artist to explain their sound yeah you get 18 adjectives before a genre Mm -hmm. and or you get five different artists into one it's like that's what's fun about music is you can't really explain it. It's about listening to it and enjoying it for yourself, you know. So what do you like to listen to when you're not listening to your own stuff? I listen to a lot of my songwriter friends, obviously Hannah and, and uh, you know, we share music to get each other inspired again, mm-hmm. you know, it's unreleased stuff. But when I, you, that's when you I'm sorry to interrupt, but yeah. when you when you go back a little bit for a minute, when you throw your writing and the creation of music, when you're when you're creating it are you trying to create it for a hit or is it are you trying to create it for what you want out there i'm always trying to be authentic because that's why i wanted to do this Mm -hmm. and so i'm trying to i'm trying to be as much me as possible and you know there obviously is like what what you're saying is like a hit song there's a thing about that you know and that is living in a space kind of this big you know and so but what's fun is is to put yourself in that in that space you know Mm -hmm. like put who you are in that space whether it be the melody or the time of the song or the uh the topic of the song you know so 
right now where I'm living is probably more in the hit land because uh-huh. I need money and that's how, you know, we all need money and that's where that can come from, you know, but I also live in that authentic space as well. What's been your biggest hit? Biggest hit. Oh gosh. I've had a, you know, some independent stuff. Actually Keith Urban and Tim McGraw recorded a song I released on, uh, two sides is what it's called, but it's on bourbon neat called how do I get close? I wrote it with Hannah actually. And she's singing backgrounds on it. I wrote it with the, my producer, Josh Kerr. It's called how do I get close? And it's about two artists being on the road and, walking into home and the other one's walking out but keith urban recorded that and tim mcgraw and faith hill recorded it for their soul to soul tour or whatever that record was called what is it life something whatever they released two years ago but it actually didn't come out that's a thing that happens in nashville you know they they record the record and it was on some promo stuff and then they didn't it did was wow. not on the record when it dropped you know wow that had to be frustrating yeah it's it's happened a few times yeah. but i'm like a, i'm a i don't know like when you do things that are outside the box and soulful, it can be hard to get them out and about, you know? Yeah, keep keep fighting. Yeah, we'll do. Well, let's get let's get to the drinking part Please, of this, yeah, absolutely. Uh, this segment, which is probably why you're really here. Yeah. You're like, I don't, he's like, I don't <laughs> want to fucking talk about songwriting. Give me a damn bourbon. Uh, I'm not even... What I typically do is I like to, like, go for people's flavor profiles. You're deep, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I have a feeling, like, you're, like, this, like philosopher style guy so you need something that's bold deep very complex and i want to give you a taste of my american whiskey of the year 2018 it's that barrel one right there there you go love come on there oh, you go. my cork's on there good so what is this barrel proof or yeah it's 105 proof and it's 15 years old and it is just flavor. Where was this awarded at? Uh, so I wrote uh, in a blind tasting I did. Um, I picked it over all the rest. And it was published in Forbes. Wow. So. Oh, wow, yeah. Right on the money. Hmm. Boy, that is deep. It's a, it's a good country song right there in that taste. <laughs> deep and wide, wide and deep. My love. The love is there, but I'm still in despair. It's got. It reminds me of. Um, gone soon. It reminds me of Stag Junior, but without the burn at the end of the Stag oh. Junior. Stag Junior yeah. is like super, super hot. Yeah. But it it's is. got that same kind of. Yeah. Some depth to it yeah 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 stack jr is a great one a little harder to find these days but uh that's bourbon right now isn't it yeah bourbon is like flying off the shelf yeah bourbon is uh it's pretty hot another category that's really hot is irish whiskey yeah and you know they're kind of coming in you know bourbon's going to the to like to the higher markets and, and Irish whiskey's like coming in like in the under like they're like hey we'll take the shots you know we'll take the college kids and stuff like that so it's interesting to see how each whiskey is 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 fighting for um, different shelf, market yeah, different markets and shelf space it's that's what's you know you see your expensive whiskeys starting to try and get in a different price range yeah. where you know whistle pig who I love making that piggyback trying to get in that $50 
price range and mm-hmm. get into the cocktail scene, you know, because I learned that even at Bullet, you know, Stitzel Weller's like they late 90s, early 2000s, they were like, well, we're just going to go after the bartender and they yeah. did it. And it's a great price for a great rye and bourbon. Yeah, no, the, the Bullet campaign, you know, that I, you know, Hollis Bullet, uh, she was so good with the bartenders it was a real shame what happened there. They, her and her father, you know, became estranged. There's a whole ordeal about it. Oh you, man! You just Google bullet bourbon. I it'll will. come up. Yeah. But um, I, I got to tell you, it's great to have you on the show. And I'm just curious, what do you drink when you're on the road? I drink a lot of Buffalo Trace with two rocks in it. I'm a Very budget. Specific. I'm a I'm a budget bourbon guy. Hey, that's a great bourbon. It's a great though, bourbon for, for the money. Hell yeah! You get you know, especially in these parts, it's twenty three dollars. You know, at a home, it can be thirty one. Uh, yeah. in Nashville, you know, it's, it's like allocated, like yeah. like in Wisconsin. My friend used to be able to buy it all the time. Now his store gets one only like one bottle a month or that's something. That's the way I feel like everything is. Like yeah. like Blanton's. It's like that used to be. That was my Christmas bourbon when I was you know. 21 22 i would always get that my for myself for christmas yeah and they almost don't even have it anymore you know at the stores down there and it's just like that's just the way it is it's the boom well i've i've uh unfortunately i have contributed to that in some ways <laughs> <I'm saying>. um, <laughs> yeah. through my own purchases that's because you're my, sharing so much bourbon yeah, with I people mean, I, and then I, they go and buy it i, I try to be I, I share like i open up everything i have it does not sit on my shelf and collect dust yeah i genuinely enjoy tasting this stuff we were actually just talking about that out there it's it's about sharing like my 30th birthday this year i brought a bottle of bookers and we write songs at 10 30 or 11 o'clock in nashville and i brought it to my right and i was like guys you know it's my 30th birthday today and of course they were just like oh my gosh you know and i was like i brought this bookers and i just want to sip this you know today and just you know whatever and he just started one of the guys who doesn't drink whiskey that much he starts sharing stories out of nowhere about his grandpa wow and just starts talking about it. and you know he interrupts himself and even acknowledges it and says i don't know why i'm saying this right now yeah. you know but it is bourbon is a very sharing it's a sharing spirit but it's also there's a spirit in it that you start sharing you know now when i learned that you were going to come on the show the first question i wanted to ask you do you really wish your first name was Bruce? <laughs> well, uh, that's a popular question, believe it or not. But uh, but uh, Nick Wayne, Nick Nick and Wayne is my middle name. My last name is Richardson, so oh, okay. my uh, mom would call me Nick Wayne. And you know, it's kind of like the two the two names. You know, you hear those people, John Michael's a good friend of mine. That's his two names or whatever. So Nick Wayne's just kind of my my two first names your stage name yeah there you go yeah i love it well hey man thanks so much for coming on the show thank you for having Uh, me i look forward to uh having more i mean i feel like we could have like we could solve the world's problems yeah absolutely cheers brother yeah well i hope you enjoyed that two-part that two-part interview with two great people i i've got a lot of interviews like this where they were like 15 and 20 minutes I think I'm probably going to start combining some of them. Um, let me know what you think about that, actually. Did you like the two-part style? Because I like getting a lot of musicians in, and I like getting a, I, I like the I like the sound of two interviews. To me, I'm I'm listening to podcasts when I'm mowing the grass or I'm you know on a long drive. So I 
I don't like podcasts that are 30 minutes. Uh, they have to at least be 45 minutes. So these, both of these interviews were, you know, 15, 20 minutes. So I wanted to, I wanted to expand them a little bit. So basically the equivalent of me mowing their grass would have plenty of time to listen. So anyway, that's my logic, whether or not it's right. I don't know, but that's what I'm going with. Hey, everybody, I just want to thank you so much for for joining me. Make sure you're following me on all my social medias. You can just look for me at Fred Minnick. And I've got a lot of cool stuff I'm doing right now. Right now, I'm trying to help the Ronald McDonald House raise some money. Uh, You can go to my Twitter or my Instagram and find uh, links to that. But basically, a $100 raffle ticket will get you a chance to win the whole kit and caboodle of uh, Pappy Van Winkle. So you'll come out of there with five bottles of Van Winkle bourbon rare stuff. So that'll do it for this week. Thank you so much for, for listening. You know, if you don't mind, give us a, give us a rating, give us a review and, um, you know, support us, uh, however you can, because the, the ratings, the reviews, the listens, the downloads, I mean, we're all like, uh, we all worship the algorithm gods these days and in the podcast world, your review and your like and all that stuff is kind of like its own special universe. Like you're you're helping the universe go round. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. But that'll do it for this week, folks. Be safe out there. Don't go licking handrails. Don't go licking trash cans. And remember, vodka sucks. Cheers. You've been listening to The Fred Minnick Show, brought to you by Beeline. Visit findyoursippingpoint.com by Michter's American Whiskies and by 291 Colorado Whiskey. For more information on Fred's books, articles, and more, just go to fredminnick.com.